What's up, guys? In case you haven't heard, Blue Wire Studios just dropped their first original podcast, Golden Goal. The show gives you 10-minute episodes all about soccer legends and the moments that made them. Whether you're just learning about soccer for the first time or a diehard fan, this podcast is a great listen for everyone. The final two episodes are live right now, or binge the entire season to learn about your favorite soccer stars. Check out Blue Wire's Golden Goal, available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire. With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Matthew Stafford. Stafford, step it up. Going left side. Watch Calvin. Enzo got him. Oh, baby, that was a rocket. And it's picked off. Intercepted by Darius Slade. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 77 of the Michael Rothstein Show. I am your host, as always, Michael Rothstein. This episode, as always, brought to you by Bet Online. Go check them out as sports are coming back. Use the code BLUEWIRE. You can get a free welcome bonus if you haven't been there before. So, good news here today, as reported by ESPN's Dan Graziano and others, it seems like there is starting to become a consensus when it comes to what daily testing will look like for the NFL. The way that Dan Graziano reported it explains it like this. The NFL and the NFLPA have agreed on testing protocols. They'll start with daily testing for the first two weeks, then go every other day if the positive test rate falls below 5%. If it doesn't, they'll keep with daily testing. Listen, this is good news because this was one of the main stumbling blocks to getting training camp off on time was agreeing on what testing would look like. The players had been pushing for daily testing. Now they're going to get it. It's not entirely clear how all of this is going to work still. I think that's still being worked out a little bit. As Graziano said in his story on ESPN.com, according to Dr. Alan Sills, who's the chief medical officer of the league, This is ongoing work. There's no finish line with health and safety. And I think these protocols are living, breathing documents, which means they will change as we get new information. This isn't new when you look at other sports as well. If you look at top-ranked boxing, they've changed their protocols a little bit. You look at UFC, they've changed their protocols. I look at those two sports specifically because they've been going the longest here with COVID-19 protocols, at least in the United States. There was good news out of the NBA on Monday that no players tested positive for COVID in their latest run. So all of these things are positive. Now, the difference, of course, between those sports and the NFL is that those sports are all in contained bubbles. The NFL will not be in a contained bubble. That's where it could get dicey and could get tricky, but that's going to be something to watch. And listen, just to be clear, we're going to have COVID updates probably every day here for a while. Just that's the major story right now as we get ready for training camp to begin potentially as early as next week with maybe some strength and conditioning. Don't expect to see practices right away, obviously, but there could be some strength and conditioning work after players report here on July 28th. So in our countdown to training camp, we're going to do a quick look today at the five players to most watch for the Detroit Lions 
during training camp. We're going to get different things every day a little bit as we gear up towards camp and probably even in the first couple of days of camp until we're able to get out there to watch some practice. So coming up right after this break, we are going to look at the five players on the Lions most that you most want to watch or at least read about and have most intrigue when it comes to this season. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. And there's no better place to start than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Get in on the action for this week's big UFC fight, or check out the odds on NASCAR, Formula One, and the Premier League. Can't wait to, for your team to come back. Bet Online has futures odds, including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. Or check out the daily simulations of Madden and NBA 2K. I play both of those games not that well to watch and wager on. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet Online, your online wagering experts. Now, back to our show. So, as I said, we're going to break down the five most intriguing Lions heading into training camp, and we'll start at number five. And to me, that player is a guy that Dave Burkett and I talked about a little bit on Monday's show, if you didn't go and listen to that. And that is cornerback turned wide receiver and still returner Jamal Agnew. Agnew switching from defense to offense. He's going to still potentially be the team's returner. And he offers maybe more versatility potentially than anybody on the roster, but he's going to have to prove it in a deep wide receiver core. The top three receivers, as we all know, are set in Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, and Danny Amendola. Quintez Cephas, the rookie out of Wisconsin, should make the team as well and be maybe the number four receiver. But what do you do with Jamal Agnew? Well, he has special teams value because he is a returner, although he's going to get pushed in that role by Jason Huntley and others. Defensively, obviously, you don't expect much from him at this point because the Lions clearly don't view him as a cornerback as they would not have moved him from defense to offense if they thought he had any chance of having any long-term defensive value, particularly in the slot. They have Justin Coleman there. They have other guys who can fill in in a pinch. And also, they play a lot of three-safety looks, too. So, Jamal Agnew just kind of didn't have a home there. But he's been used sparingly on offense over the past few years and with some levels of success. So, it seems like the Lions are at least going to give him a real shot there to, to see what he can do. And I think... In this particular season where you need players with versatility, you don't know what things are going to look like when it comes to COVID, you don't know what things are going to look like when it comes to injury, having a guy who can go to defense in a pinch, play offense potentially, be on special teams because beyond being a returner, he can be one of the team's primary gunners, that provides value. But understand, listen, this is going to be some sort of switch for him without a doubt because he's been used on offense but very very limited in his career he has four carries for 35 yards he has three catches on four targets for 16 yards he's got one career first down he's had seven total offensive touches for through three seasons and you know there there are going to be some experimentation things here to me, I look at Jamal Agnew and I see him as maybe 
uh, a J.D. McKissick type. Maybe if you hope that if he really takes the wide receiver, it could be Danny Amendola's replacement. But I look at him as maybe that J.D. McKissick gadget, can use him as a receiver, as a running back. You know he's got some speed. He has some juke ability as well. So you kind of just move him over there, see what you have. And I think he ends up being on the roster, but he's definitely on the roster bubble. But that's where the versatility helps. So Jamal Agnew, to me, comes in at number five. Number four on this list is rookie cornerback Jeff Okuda. You might think he would be higher on this list, but I think there are three guys that you really want to watch and pay attention to in camp that are going to be as important to the Lions' success this season as Okuda. Okuda is obviously the team's first-round draft pick at number three overall. He's likely to be a day-one starter for Detroit. Bob Quinn, in his time as GM, has had most of their first-round picks be day one starters, but they're going to need him to be good immediately. And they're going to need him to be, as I was saying on yesterday's podcast, more like Jalen Ramsey and, and Lattimore as a rookie than some of the other guys, guys who really showed up quickly and made differences quickly at the position versus taking a year, which happens for most cornerbacks. Everyone I've spoken to about Jeffrey Okuda has spoken glowingly about him. They've said he is ready for this. He is prepared for this. He doesn't think like your typical rookie. He's able to read things very well. He obviously had a great career at Ohio State and shut down opposing cornerbacks. There was some question about his speed, but that seemed to be dismissed pretty early. Right now, the biggest thing for Jeffrey Okuda, and it's why it's so important to see him in training camp, is that he just did not get that spring that he could have gone up against a Kenny Galladay or a Marvin Jones or even a Chris Lacey, who's a bigger receiver, that could have really pushed him and given him some of those looks that he could have then gone back and studied to improve in some of the nuance already. So that's going to be, I think, a real quick adjustment he's going to have to make. It could lead to some struggles early on. Everybody I spoke to understands that, that there will be some mistakes he makes early on. There will be some touchdowns he gives up. That's part of being a rookie in the NFL. But the thought process overall is that Jeffrey Okuda is a good enough cornerback that he should be a day one starter and be an impact player from day one. If he does that, that gives the Lions a good backup in Amani Owarie. They obviously have Desmond Trufant on the other side, and they need to hope Trufant can continue to play at a good level. They hope Justin Coleman in the slot goes back to what he was doing early in the 2019 season towards later in the 2019 season when he fell off a little bit. But early in the season, he was playing really well. The Lions obviously paid him to be one of the top slot corners in the NFL. And they have a plethora of safeties too. So their secondary has a chance to be pretty good. But a lot of that hinges on what Jeffrey Okuda does and how good he is fast. Number three on this list is last year's first round pick, tight end TJ Hawkinson. Hawkinson obviously is coming off of an injury, so the first thing you want to see with him is his health. And yeah, I've seen the videos on social media just like everybody else, and he looks good and he looks healthy, and I know that people seem really excited about him and that they think he's running well and all of that, but until I see that with my own eyes, I'm always going to be skeptical. Remember, don't necessarily judge TJ Hawkinson, TJ Hawkinson though, by his numbers that he put up as a rookie because they weren't bad numbers in comparison to other elite tight ends 
throughout the course of their career. Tight end is one of the hardest positions, along with cornerback and quarterback, to adjust to in the NFL. And Hawkinson put up 32 catches for 367 yards, a couple touchdowns last year. Granted, a lot of that came in that season opener against Arizona. We all know that. That was a huge game for him. I think it set expectations really high, and he never quite got back to that. Of course, he dealt with a couple of injuries. He had the concussion in week four against the Chiefs and then ended up on injured reserve with an ankle injury on Thanksgiving against the Bears. So I want to see what he looks like healthy. I want to make sure he's back healthy because he's going to be a big part of this Lions offense this year. They're relying on him a lot. They're counting on him a lot. They drafted him in the top 10 as a tight end. Everybody knows what happened the last time the Lions drafted a tight end in the top 10 and Eric Ebron. Ebron showed progress, but obviously then ended up leaving, went to Indianapolis for a couple years, had a one really good season, and now is, is now in Pittsburgh. TJ Hawkinson, different type of player than Eric Ebron. I think Hawkinson has a chance to really be a breakout star this year. I don't know if I would tap him as a 1,000-yard receiver, but I think he could – Put up 600, 700 yards receiving, get a handful of touchdowns. I think he's going to be a red zone threat for Matthew Stafford. And all of that starts in training camp. Can he get back? What does he look like coming back? Does he still run the same coming off of that ankle injury? And if all of those things look good, then I think the Lions are in good shape at the tight end position. But that's still something we need to see. Which leads us to the number two player that I'm most curious about watching in the training camp, and that is quarterback Matthew Stafford. You would think he would be number one. I totally understand that. But Matthew Stafford is a known commodity on a lot of levels. The reason that you want to watch Matthew Stafford is, of course, the back injury. He missed the second half of last season with the back. We haven't seen him throw other than in social media media videos at all since November. So what do you want to see from him? You want to see him moving well. You want to see him confident. You want to see the same type of velocity early on out of Matthew Stafford. You see all of those things. And then to me, it lends more credence to what he had said back when he injured his back, that it was more of a freak fluke injury and that once he healed, he would be fully healed. Of course, we never know with back injuries because they can be fickle. It's a a very tricky body part. But I want to see Matthew Stafford moving around healthy with the similar type of velocity that he had a year ago when he was playing maybe some of the best football of his career. If he plays at that level again, I think the Lions have a chance for really high sustained success. But they need Matthew Stafford to be healthy. So what are you looking for? Like I said, you're looking for velocity. You're looking for how he moves in the pocket. You're looking for his speed a little bit, and also I want to make sure his decision-making is still on point. So those are the things I'm going to be watching Matthew Stafford for. I expect all of them to still be back, and that could lead to a good season for Matthew Stafford. All of which leads to the person that I am most curious about watching during Detroit Lions training camp, and it's someone that might actually surprise you, but there's a reason behind it, and that is linebacker Jamie Collins. Collins was one of the Lions' bigger free agent signings this offseason, and they're expecting him to come in and be a versatile player, much like he was for the Patriots in two different stints in his career. But, hey, listen, he's on the other side of 30 at this point. He will be 31 years old 
in the middle of this season. He turns 31 on October 20th. And you see those things and you say, okay, well, what does that mean? But you saw what he did last year. He had a good season last year. He had a career-high three interceptions. He returned one of those for a touchdown. He had seven sacks, also a career-high. He had 81 tackles. Not quite a career-high, but that's okay. So you see him, and my thing is, how are they going to use him? Because I think where they use Jamie Collins will lead to where they use Jelani Tavai, to where they use Julian Okwara, though Okwara is more than likely an edge rusher in kind of that spot where Devon Kennard was last year, and how they use Jared Davis. Also, what does that mean for Christian Jones? What does that mean for Jalen Reeves-Mabin? I think so much of that is tied in to how they use and how they plan on deploying Jamie Collins, because Jamie Collins can rush the passer. Again, seven sacks last year, four the season before that. He's got 24 and a half sacks in his career as a linebacker and 47 quarterback hits. So he's able to do that. He can also make plays against the run. He's got 54 tackles for loss. He can also pick off passes. He has 10 career interceptions. The Lions haven't had a linebacker like him really since DeAndre Levy, at least one that has the ability to play in coverage and also rush the passer when need be. DeAndre Levy didn't always rush the passer. That was probably what he did least of his skill set, but he was great in coverage and he was a guy that they really valued. So if Jamie Collins can come in and give the Lions similar to what the Lions got from DeAndre Levy in, say, that 2013-2014 season when he was really making a difference and had a ton of tackles. He Again, I'm looking at Levy's stats now. He never had more than two and a half sacks in a season, so he wasn't asked to rush the passer quite as much, but this is a different defense. But he was an excellent coverage linebacker. So if Jamie Collins ends up being deployed like that, but also can disguise enough that he can then rush the passer from wherever he is on the field, I think that that proves incredible value. But during training camp, the guy I'm going to be watching the most is Jamie Collins, seeing where he lines up, how much he lines up as maybe a pass rusher, how much he lines up guarding a tight end or a running back, how much he lines up maybe in the middle, though I would imagine that maybe that happens less often than other situations because they do have Jelani Tavai, they do have Jared Davis. But Jamie Collins, to me, if the Lions defense is going to be successful this season, so much of it depends on him playing at a high level like he did a season ago and like that he's shown in the past in the Bill Belichick and Matt Patricia type of defenses. If he can show that he can do that, and like I said, I don't expect him to be in the middle much. He's mostly played on the left side or on the right side and not really been in the middle at all. But if he can move between the left side and the right side, if he can rush the passer and cover guys, that will allow Matt Patricia to do a lot of other things with both his linebackers and his safeties if he likes to run, if he chooses to run a three safety package at varying points. And as I mentioned earlier when talking about Jeffrey Okuda, their safeties are very deep. They've got Deron Harmon, they've got Will Harris, they've got Tracy Walker, who could be an emerging star, they've got J. Ron Curse, they've got Miles Killebrew. They have a lot of options at safeties and a lot of different body types that you can match them with Jamie Collins at linebacker, and it can really maybe frustrate opposing offenses in giving them different varied looks. So to me, Jamie Collins is the player to most watch for the Lions in training camp this year. 
Thanks, as always, to the sponsors of this podcast. That's Regents Field. If you're in Ann Arbor, they're open. They've got patio seating. Go check them out. They're on Main Street. Blue Wire, as always, and our sponsor for today's episode, Bet Online. You can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram, at Mike Rothstein. As I said in yesterday's show, we're going to be trying to do more episodes this season. Let me know who you want to hear from so I can start maybe trying to set some of those interviews up. Former players, current players, others around the organization. Open to whoever you're trying to hear from. And with that, we'll talk with you soon. <laughs>